Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What's going on, small business nation? Today, we're talking about overcoming adversity. There's a lot of challenges we face in life, and owning a small business comes with its own unique set of challenges. And this conversation, we're going to discuss overcoming challenges, entrepreneurship, and um, maybe we'll get into even some mindset hacks at the end of this episode. But before we do that, we like to kick every episode off with an icebreaker. So here it is. If you could be any fictional character for a day, who would you choose and why? Bob, Bob, you ready for it? I'm ready. I already know who it is. All right, give it to me. (laughs) Nikola Tesla. Oh. Yeah. That's good. Hands down. Yeah. Now I feel like my easy things. Yeah. Oh, you're right. (laughs) Just like I'm underdressed for this episode, I also feel like my answer is not significant comparatively. (laughs) I was, so I obviously saw the question right when we were getting ready to hop on. So like, I I never like have tons of time to prepare. And the immediate, I don't know why, but there was a silly children's book that I read when I was a kid called Hank the Cow Dog. Oh yeah. And uh, Hank the Cow Dog, that seemed like a wise dog getting into a lot of good stuff. And so I was like, oh, I'll be Hank the Cow Dog for a day. But that's not <laughs> nearly that is not nearly as wise as your decision. <laughs> so I'll be a dog. You be Nikola Tesla. John, what about you, man? Mine was very pop culture as well. I'm, <laughs> my first thought was Indiana Jones. Growing up, I always thought it'd be fun Pretty to be, cool a, you know, explorer and go find all these great archaeological finds and whatnot. So I think Indiana Jones for a day would be awesome. That's good. There's, you know, I mean, there's so many funny. good ones. I mean, before, I've, I've never seen that uh, movie at all. And there's a new one coming out. Like, yeah. I yeah. think in, in a few months. So I've got to now go see all of them with my kids. So. Right. Just because you said that, now I'm going to do it. <laughs> now you're going to do the it. The first one, I think, yeah. is the best one. The second one's okay. Crusaders of the Lost Ark is pretty good. The fourth one's got some nostalgia in it, and I'm excited for the new one as well. Nice. There's, I think there's so many other great fictional characters we could be, though. You've got James oh, yeah. Bond. You've got Batman. Yeah. You've got Superman. You've got Sherlock Holmes, Captain America. I mean, the list goes yeah. on in terms of, like, if, you know, like, because fictional characters, like. Yeah. There's just so many amazing ones. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, all right. It's crazy. Batman and Iron Man, those are definitely close second for me because of uh, all the superheroes, they've always been my favorites because they're the only ones that don't actually have any powers. They're just rich and smart. That's right. Which is very attainable. I can, I'm can. Yeah. i actually pretty smart, you know, and uh, obviously <laughs> heading to being very, uh, I don't know if I would say Batman rich, you know, but <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> So it's attainable. That's, Elon that's, Musk is yeah, probably Iron Man true. already. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Elon, or not Elon Musk, what's his name? Uh, Tony Stark. Like, just like to have that, like, you know, intellectual power and like, like, yeah. like the ingenuity, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously yeah. you could look at him and be like, well, he just inherited all of his fortunes from his dad. Well, it's like, well, actually, yeah. like, he's also got his own set of skills. Right. And like, he's, he's a MacGyver mm-hmm. of, uh, on his own. So mm-hmm. it's a fun question. It's a really fun question. I thought right, I wanted well, a fun one to kick this one off. I think that's I think that's a really uh, that's a real good one. So all right, let's do an introduction. 
Bob Hunter has had a successful career as the director of operations development at LMI Solutions. Had a happy life with great job, family, home, dog. The whole thing was going for him. But in 2016, mm -hmm. he lost his vision in his right eye due to sickle cell disease, resulting in him losing his job as well. He struggled to read and work again. But within six months, he started his own business called Oxford Pierpont, providing business development services to small business owners and multinational corporations. He has gained personal value from meeting and consulting with hundreds of business owners, and he's helped change lives. Bob, welcome to the show, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a pretty good summary. Uh, that sums it up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so, so. It was hard to summarize your story. There was got, so much in there. That's right. I got to pick out the best life. parts. <laughs> so let's start Let's start with this. How about, like, that was my introduction of you. How yeah. about you take us back a little bit? T tell us there a little bit about, like, maybe, you know, how long, I mean, I guess this is kind of a question I'd like to know. Like, have you known you've had sickle cell, like, your entire life or is this something you you found out later in life uh when did that yeah. start becoming a part of your your uh, i guess journey so a lot of babies don't make it in the first place and uh i was one of those that almost did not make it and so um the only reason that i made it is because when i was uh, an infant still in the hospital um i had my spleen removed and so mm. that ended up being um a little bit of a leg up for me, I guess you could say, uh, to bring things down a little bit. So all of childhood, a lot of time spent at the children's hospital. Um, and that was just yeah. the reality of it. Uh, looking back on that, I definitely appreciate those experiences. And I appreciate my mother, uh, especially because she really shaped my perspective on the whole thing. Um, so that I ended up having a stronger mindset as an adult. And the reason I say that is such a big deal, uh, is I see a lot of other sickle cell patients who did not have that, uh, I guess, that same perspective being given to them um, as children. Mm. And so at least in adulthood where um, you basically allow your illness to become your identity and that prevents mm. you from being what you could. That doesn't change the reality that, yes, you have a lot of uh, pain daily and you have all of these problems, but I take the approach that essentially says, well, I've got a long list of things to do today. And either I'm going to be in charge or I'm going to let my health be in charge. And that's not even mm -hmm. just a sickle cell mindset. That's for anyone who has um, any kind of illness, whether it's a physical illness, a terminal illness, mental illness, whatever it is, we all are capable of making that decision every morning that says who's going to be in charge, me or my health. So um, all of that I definitely owe to, to my mom because she kind of had a very get over it mentality. Which, as a kid, yeah. sounds yeah. you know hard, but Harsh, yeah. extremely yeah. valuable uh, to me now as an adult. Yeah, definitely. I think that a lot of times, like as kids, we feel like our parents are just like so harsh on us and like so hard on mm -hmm. us. It's not until later in life when we're adults when we're like, "Holy crap!" Like that really made me strong. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what set the, I don't know. It set the stage for like all of the values that we build as adults, and it's so important. It's like yes, it's hard in the moment to take that feedback, especially from your parents, because I think that. It, you've got competing message from your parents. You've got like the your friend group telling you like, well, my mom doesn't do that or my dad doesn't that. And then you've also got your own personal feelings at play where you're like, oh, that felt harsh. Like that my mom, my mom loves me. I'm her special son. You know, it's like that kind of stuff. And so um, I'm glad I'm glad that you were able to have that kind of experience with your mom. And, and obviously it sounds like it set the stage for where you're at today. So, yeah. you know, growing up, did you... Were you, were you able to have jobs through high school and early through college or was the 
what kind of the health things that were going on? Did that stop you or slow you down at all? No, uh, that's the thing. Um, because I was raised with that mindset, there was never an opportunity for me to really view my illness as uh, as something that should really hold me back. My mom still expected me to do well in school, even though I just didn't, but she expected it, you know? (laughs) Um, I still went to school like I was supposed to in between being in the hospital. And of course, now, from the perspective of an adult, looking back on that childhood, I realized like, oh, wow, you know, that was a lot of time that I spent uh, at the children's hospital. But at the time, I mean, as a kid, I didn't even really notice it as something that is, uh, you know, unusual it just it was just the norm and just part of it just acted like this is just hey this is just what people deal with and it's often uh i often equate it to a poker game where you don't get to choose the cards that the dealer gives you and yet the goal is still to win the game and to uh use whatever knowledge and experience that you have to keep on applying it to making a better and better game for yourself regardless of what cards you were dealt so that is um yeah that's that's my perspective and it works that's cool. So was was your time with LMI Solutions, was that like your first like big career or was that like just a, like a notch essentially? Um, let's see. What's a good way to put it? So it was the it was my first time having just this uh, this rampant freedom in a job. Uh, and what I mean by that is every job that I'd had up until then, because I, I, I started with um So the company that they bought out was called Printers Direct back then. And I started with that company, I mean, what was it, like 22? So you got to think, there's only four years of real adulthood in there. And up until (laughs) then, I'd had like, you know, like little jobs, like Starbucks and stuff like that. And then I had a, a regular job that I went to daily, but I wasn't really doing anything major, even though I was capable of creating things. So it wasn't until I got to Printers Direct and later LMI uh, that I was truly given an opportunity where my boss at the time, uh, he said, hey, just create things. And it's funny because I told him in the interview that the job was, uh, was they were a printer company. So the job was supposed to be turning screws and repairing printers. I literally okay. tell the guy in the interview, I say, you know, I can do that, but I'd be better if you let me write uh, manuals and things for other people to do this. <laughs> so... <laughs> He doesn't believe me. I'm turning screws for like two weeks and it took two weeks before I was in my own little thing where I'm writing standard operating procedures and later training manuals and it just escalates from there. And so that's why it was such a shock when um, I lost the job because you got to keep in mind, I basically had the freedom to create this job around myself where every 90 days I'm pumping out some major project where I had the freedom and authority to say, hey, I've identified this problem in the company and here's my solution to fix it. Can I go create that solution? Sure, Bob, go ahead. And every 90 days I'm producing new solutions. And so they're able to grow rapidly because of it. That's what led to them being sold in the first place to LMI because they were able to show off all this stuff that we had. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a gravy job. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, this is, is were you always like a process oriented kind of person growing up? Like, were you always like a guy that like, writing and process management and like that analytical type stuff really like just spoke to you it was um i was how can i put it without realizing it i was very good at leadership from a young age because i was always the kid that had all the other kids uh doing all this stuff 
like when I was how old? Uh, there was Grass Be Cut, Leaves Be Gone, and Car Be Washed. <laughs> so I basically yeah. had all the other kids <laughs> rounding up their parents' lawnmowers to go cut the grass and stuff, and I'd go collect the money after they were done. Like nice. I show up right about the a time they should be done to, uh, <laughs> to collect the money and and stuff like that. So that what that had to be like maybe middle school, and then in middle school I remember I would like a everyone thought that they would be a rapper or whatever uh, when I was in, in school. So I was like, well, hey, I will go and get the CDs and record you and sell it to the other kids. So it was always that <laughs> kind of thing. Eventually that got me into trouble in high school, but um, <laughs> it's always been the same, the same Bob basically, you know? So yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. Some people just have that entrepreneur spirit. Mine started yeah. off pretty dumb. Like I'm like, I tried to sell a rock <laughs> to my neighbors. Like, <laughs> just like it, it started with a rock. I thought I could start a crawfish business out of my ditch. I did a candy store outside of my like playground at my in my yard. I mean, yeah. entrepreneurship for me was kind of very similar. It was like, okay, there's ways to make money. I remember I would sell Yu-Gi-Oh cards. My brother was um he was a uh, a project manager for Halliburton during like the Iraqi Freedom War, oh, wow. and he came back with a bunch of like fake Rolexes <laughs> and I would sell these fake Rolexes in high school you know for a hundred bucks like I business is like always like my hustle and that's really cool yeah. that to, to see you were doing that so at what point in your time with LMI did you kind of get the not the news I guess but I mean essentially like you, at this point you're starting to lose your vision right and that's what starts to cause you to, to I guess what led to you losing the job in the first place is that right well yeah so it was an overnight kind of thing. So oh, wow. literally February 29th, I wake up, can't see out of this eye. And uh, I tell my wife at the time, at the time I was married, um, and it was a really big deal because I was already deaf in this year. So that's just sickle cell. It just kind of yeah. takes things, but um, gladly, we all have a few spare parts. <laughs> so yeah. it's not that big a deal. Um, but... <laughs> I was a liability at that point because uh, this is a printer warehouse, you know. Yeah. Um, I already had a hard time hearing like forklifts and things like that and not being able to see like it was really bad because I I didn't know how to adjust. So it's a whole blackout vision. So I can see silhouettes and stuff. But at the time, I didn't know how to handle it. Now, I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. At the time, Dragon Ball Super was still making new episodes every week. Um, I really needed to be able to see the new episode of Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> so I owe my ability to read uh, to Goku. Shout out to Goku. <laughs> right? There's your because, original character. <laughs> yeah, it was only in Japanese. And you had uh, the subtitles at the bottom, which was super tiny. So I went from basically blowing up the text on the screen. And then eventually, of course, now I can read normal text is fine because I adjusted to uh, the working eye to being able to, to see and stuff. Well, all that took too long for uh, the company. So February 29th is when all this happens. By April 4th of that year, I'd, uh, I'd been laid off from the job. So, and I mean, I was so in love with the company and the job and because of all the things I said previously, I didn't really do anything about it. Uh, it's just, I just accepted it for what it was because I felt like I'd owed them so much because it was just such a great job to begin with. Um, but the Lord gives us all blessings in disguise because yeah. like I said, I never would have left that job on my own. Well, mm -hmm. not in, not a few months later, December of that year, of that same year, 
they actually end up closing the Atlanta operations, moved all those jobs to Mexico. So little did I know, I would have lost my job anyway. Either way. Of course, yeah. by then, I'd had from April to December to now pivot and come up with what I was going to do. And by that point, I was already, uh, Oxford Pierpont was, was underway uh, by that. So I'd already had my first client and I was on my way to now uh, having a strong business. Never would have happened, though, if I hadn't lost my eye in February of that year. I don't know where where I would be, honestly. So, Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> that was a pretty size. fast, that's a pretty fast, like, from realization to being laid off to, like, getting your first client. Was there any time during that period where you felt like, you kind of felt like you were, like, a bit lost or, you you know, you were kind of okay. struggling to cope? Like, I mean, I can only imagine like what it's yeah. like to like, obviously you had to adapt, right? You had to like pay your yeah. bills. You had to like figure out what, what was coming up next. Like, what was that yeah. like during those couple well, months? The bills were, uh, were the thing that really uh, forced me to, yeah. to figure out what to do just because I didn't know how unemployment worked because um, I'd never been in that situation. So I found out that uh, at least in the state of Georgia, I don't know how it works in other states, but here uh, at the time, they didn't care what you made. You got $312 it was at the time per week. And that was it. How you managed beyond that, <laughs> like that was, that was on you. That's yeah. what the cap was. And there was no negotiation about it. I think now because of the pandemic and stuff, maybe people get more. But back in 2016, that's what it was, 300 bucks. So wow. that wasn't going to do anything for our bills because I was being paid, as you can imagine, pretty well um, at LMI. Sure. So I wasn't smart enough to know that you don't always have your lifestyle matching your income. There should be sure, a bit yeah. of a gap. Now we're yeah. smart enough to know that, but yeah, yeah. stupid 24-year-old <laughs> at the time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so uh, that's what really forced me. And I didn't think that I was even going to be doing business for a while. I only ended up doing it because it was what it was what I knew as in, I had been creating all this stuff for LMI. So I was like, well, why can't I create that for other people? And I thought I would just do that long enough until I found another job. Well, here we are now. It's 2023. Obviously, I've not found another job. <laughs> yeah. So, hey. So it all worked out. Made, you made, but you made a job, right? Like that's, that's yeah, the, yeah. That's now I give thing. the jobs. That's right. And that's, yeah. that is so much more impactful, I think, in the long term. I mean, I will never discount the experiences that led me to where I'm at now, right? Like I'm sure the same thing for you at your experience with LMI as well as jobs prior to that. But like every moment that I've had working for someone has certainly built the character of who I am and, you know, the the work ethic and business acumen, all of those things. But I believe yeah. that it's exceptionally rewarding to be uh, in business for yourself. It is hard. It is stressful. Sometimes you don't know if you're making the right decisions or if you're going down the right path or if you should just completely pivot and start over again, right? But it's but it's still super rewarding. So I think that one of the things I wanted to ask you, and we'll deep dive into like kind of what you've got coming up, what you're what you're doing now. But again, that was a quick transition from finding out that you're, you know, you've lost your eyesight to like earning your first customer. And I think a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs that are listening to this show are sh struggle to just get their next customer, let alone their first mm -hmm. customer. What was that like for you? Because you went from just a working man to starting a business to like getting your first customer all within a matter of months. How did you do that? Yeah. Um, I got lucky because uh, the boss that originally hired me back when they were Printers Direct. So by now, you know, he's sold LMI uh, or he sold Printers Direct to LMI and, you know, he's off doing his own thing. Um, and so 
he hears about the whole thing. I still keep in touch with him. And uh, he ends up introducing me to someone who needed help. Uh, so that was my first real chance to uh, to try out having a client. Um, in fact, part of the reason that the company's name is Oxford Pierpont is because my first, uh, very first client was the Oxford Highland Group. They were a mergers and acquisitions firm in Atlanta. Um, so it. they buy and sell businesses. So uh, it's a little homage to them. Um, That's pretty cool, yeah. Company name. The Pierpont is actually, uh, a lot of people know J.P. Morgan is John Pierpont Morgan, the Wizard of Wall ah. Street. <laughs> so little uh, tidbit there. But that That's is how cool. I got the yeah. first client. Um, yeah, and did a great job. Um, he introduces me to another guy. Um, this guy's building, or at the time he was building this fitness company. And so I just was able to just really run off and, and make all kinds of stuff for him. So that was a really fun experience. And it just kind of grew from there. Snowballed, yeah. And at this point, when you started the company, was it, because obviously, like, I look at your your website now, and I'm sure your services have evolved a ton throughout the years, but you you offer, you know, consulting and ma- marketing and financing and staffing. Okay. You know, when you first started it, what was the root, like, what was the core business when you first started? Yeah. So, um, it was, it's it's funny because it's always been business development. So when we're talking about that second client, uh, you know, his name is Tom and Tom needed everything because he was starting from scratch. So that's where I discovered that I like the variety of being able to fully build out a business. There's so many different parts to that. So, you know, building out the website and handling marketing and handling uh, business planning, handling graphic design, all of these different things that go into business development. I enjoy doing all of it. So the reason yeah. that Oxford Pierpont even now um uh, does business development in the way that we do offer financing. We offer the consulting, we offer the marketing, we offer the staffing. It's because I wanted to create a company where you can come to us and regardless of what you need, we've already built out the resources to provide those solutions. Now, we've grown to a point where we're dealing with larger companies now. So their needs are uh, significantly different than the small business yeah. owner who's just starting out. But the concept is still the same. It's like talking to a doctor you say, hey, my symptoms are this. The doctor's job is to have the experience and knowledge to know that based on your symptoms, this is the prescription that you need. And here's how you implement that uh, that prescription. So that's the approach we take. And that's still what we do now. That's that's really cool, man. That's yeah, because I was like looking at your site and I was like, wait, is it is he a marketing agency or is yeah. he a business development agency? And that's really cool. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like I think yeah. when we work with entrepreneurs, naturally, even as me who owns a marketing agency, a lot of times I find myself in more of a business development role. Um, yeah. <clears throat> people who are just not really sure what the first step should be. Uh, is it marketing? Is it a sales strategy? Is it getting the financing financing that they need to even bring their idea to life? So yeah. in, in a perfect world, I'm sure you serve a variety of different personas, but like in a perfect world, what is the ideal client look like for you? Like who, who's the type of business owner that like, if, if somebody in our audience is listening today and they're like, oh, this guy could help me out. What kind of person is that? Well, that's changed now because of the pandemic. So yeah, we actually just barely survived the pandemic ourselves because we ended up getting into um, what I would call niching where yeah. so much of the money was coming from attorneys, um, mortgage brokers, uh, those two big uh, niches, just because, I mean, they pay on time, to be frank. 
uh, and they don't really uh, give you a hard time <laughs> if you say that, hey, right. this is the price. The attorneys, yeah. the mortgage brokers, they can usually afford it. The problem with that is um, we were putting so much time and effort and energy into those clients, those specific two industries that we were ignoring all of the others. Pandemic comes, mm. those two industries effectively are paused uh, for 2020. The courts were literally closed in 2020. So attorneys wow. are like, hey, we don't need any of uh, of these services right now because you know they're like, well, we can't do anything with it anyway. Mortgage started slowing down in 2020. Yep. So March pandemic hits the U.S. It took me until June to realize, all right, this is sticking a around for a while. Before we run out of uh, cash flow, let me figure out what to do. The obvious solution, hey, everyone's complaining that they're uh, tight on money. Why don't we sell money? So that is how we ended up getting into financing for the first time. Wow, Amazing smart. decision. Because it is way easier to sell money than it is to sell websites and to sell marketing. <laughs> You're <laughs> I mean, probably not wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you sell a website. Yeah, oh, well, there's this person. There's this person. Oh, well, we got to see if if this. Oh, can we afford that? Oh, this other guy's cheaper. All these objections that you've got to go through and deal yeah. with, even though they know that they need it. It's there's still a <clears> whole <throat> conversation. The whole thing gets reversed when you're talking about finance because number one. Most people need the money, or at least they, uh, you know, they've got the perception that they want the money, and so now it's about qualifying them. And you know, should we even help you get the money? So that is how we ended up transitioning into finance, and uh, that led to my business credit being formed. Uh, that was actually last year, beginning of last year, because for people who are looking for over half a million dollars, uh, well. Oxford is is a fine brand for them. If you go to our website, it's very red and corporate and very yeah, absolutely. serious. You know, yeah, very serious. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to mybusinesscredit.com, um, completely different branding because it is very blue. There's animated videos. It's very happy and and exciting. And it yeah. just goes to the importance of knowing your audience. The person who goes to my business credit, they're usually a small business owner. They don't even know what they need. They're starting out. They're not looking for half a million dollars. They'd be happy with a hundred thousand, you know, and it's yeah. a completely different format to the conversation. So that is where we are now, uh, focusing just on expanding my business credit so that we're able to help more people. People who come to Oxford for the bigger financing, they've got all their stuff in order. It's just a matter of getting the paperwork done. Everyone else, they mm -hmm. genuinely need help. And that's what I enjoy uh, doing now. That's really cool, man. <clears throat> that, yeah. you know, um, this is a question. I don't know how loaded this is, or I don't even know what the question is yet. I'm just going to get to whatever I'm going to get to, I guess. But okay. um, as a business owner, I found that I there has been times in my business where I feel like if we just had a little bit more funding, we could do a little bit more. But yeah. one, it's hard to get funding sometimes, right? Like traditional ways, like a bank or a small yeah. business administration loan, where there's like a lot of hoops to jump through and. You've got, or, or knowing somebody who wants to be an investor, there's that challenge. And then the other challenge is like maybe personal pride of like, do I want to borrow money? Like this is all, you yeah. know, bootstrapped. And um, if I take money, will I be able to pay it back? What happens if I, I can't pay it back? Like, I think there's a lot of fear mm -hmm. when it comes to financing a business, whether it's like an established business who's just looking to scale, or if it's a brand new business who's like, you know, I want to get into putting, you know, um, I don't know, like water and ice machines throughout like communities that have lakes, you know? Okay, yeah. great. Well, that's, 
<clears throat> that's still that borrowing money, that risk, I think a lot of people are afraid to take. When is the right time for a business owner to seek funding or, or to work on their business credit? Like how important do you think that is? Before you start the business. Um, okay. If we're talking about an ideal situation before yeah. you start the business. And I'm one of those people who, uh, who operated in ignorance, mostly because the information that I had at the time was based on personal finance. Yeah, and I exactly. didn't understand how different personal finance is from business finance. What I mean by that is, let's say that someone says, hey, we're going to give you a credit card, okay, personally. For the normal person, that credit card has to be paid with income from your job. That's usually the primary source of income that people have, meaning that any money that you're spending, almost always it's the case that spending is not actually producing revenue. It's mm -hmm. just spending. So now you've got a credit card bill that you have to pay with this fixed resource, which is your, your income from your job. That's right. That is way different than business um, credit cards and just business finance, because the money that you're spending in your business because you've got a business, should be producing revenue. So yeah. in the case where having credit card debt is such a terrifying thing, because at some point, unless you go increase your uh, your income at your job or go get another job or something, you have a fixed amount of money, and the money that you're spending almost never produces more money from a personal perspective. So yes, let us do everything that we can to avoid credit card debt. That is the thinking, and it is sound thinking, honestly, because in that case, debt is dangerous. Because how are you going to pay off that debt? It took me a while to realize business debt is extremely beneficial because it allows you to leverage other people's money to grow your business as long as you have a solid business plan and you know that what you're doing with that money produces more money. Well, so it goes from revenue. being yeah. uh, it, it goes from being just this this expense to now more of an investment that says, hey, I'm going to plant this financial seed today. And like any seed, it eventually produces, uh, you know, fruit, produces a tree that then produces more fruits that have more seeds inside of them, which can then further be planted, right? But it, no one really thinks about it like that because we're all stuck in that mindset that says, hey, in personal finance, credit card debt will will screw you and you've got to right. got to avoid it at all costs and you can't take that approach into business. So to answer your question on when you should start thinking about building your business credit and all that stuff, if you can, before you even started the business, because half of it, half of the issue is uh, there are so many things that get you denied for a loan that you didn't even know about just because yep, they're not exactly. really talked about. That's I'm right. talking little things like phone numbers and addresses and emails will get you denied for a loan just because you didn't know any better or not uh, having the small relationships before you try to build those bigger relationships and go get a big loan. And what I mean by relationships is, hey, um, before I go try to ask American Express for an unlimited credit card or, uh, you know, at least a $10,000 limit, maybe I should be able to show American, American Express that my business makes money that we're yep. able to handle small bills uh, effectively. By small bills, for example, let's say that you drive in any city, you've got a car, you're paying for gas, go get a gas card for your business, right? That's money that you were going to spend anyway, but at least now you're able to show a history of you paying for something. <clears throat> yeah. If you are shopping at Staples for office supplies, get a Staples credit card uh, or Office Depot. 
Um, if you are, if you're, you know, even using things like toilet paper, stuff that you were going to buy anyway for your office or for your home office, whatever it is, Uline has all that stuff. Even laundry detergent, Uline has all that stuff and they will give you um, a an account today, right? It's just about knowing that these things are even things that you need to do. So that's why I say, if you can, before you've even started your business, start thinking about building business credit. Because when you finally need the money, if you've not done these things, now it's going to be really hard to go get the money, right? Whereas if you just went slow and steady, you were building up this history, you had your business bank account, you had all of your registrations done properly, the information is cohesive on the internet, right? Same phone number, same web, uh, website, same email address, everywhere that the uh, lenders are looking, you're now able to have a strong conversation. You want to go get $100,000? No problem. Here's $100,000, not because you're just some magician, but because you have actual evidence that shows that's right. you can yeah. handle $100,000 in your business. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I think that's something that I think business owners don't talk about enough. I don't think they know how to do yeah. it. I don't think that there's not enough. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years and like I've I've heard of Dun & Bradstreet and that's about it, right? Like that's like my, yeah. that's my small tidbit of knowledge I have around building business. Yeah. Cre not credit. I mean, whatever you want to call it, like a credit score for my business or whatever you, whatever you want to like classify it as. But I think that there's just not enough information out there about that. So it's really cool that that's a service that you have taken upon yourself to kind of offer because I think that there's like a, yeah. a lack in the space of education around it. I think that there's yeah. like a whole more, you know, can of worms there too. It's like, you know, I, I was just oh, yeah. chase, I was just on my chase bank the other day and it was like, um, showing me all the different things I might qualify. And one of them was like a, a line of credit. And I was like, well, I already have a business credit card. Like, do I need a line of credit? And is a line of credit better than a credit card? Or is a credit card better than a line of credit? Like, yeah. so it's like, I don't even, like me as a business owner and a, an established business owner, I'd say pretty savvy. I still have no idea which financing yeah. options are the best. You know, I know that we just, we recently bought our, the business, the building that we're in right now. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's like the most stressful experience ever. It was like, I bet. <laughs> send, send this, send that, fill these things out. Oh, why yeah. is the company called that? Oh, that seems like it could be like, because we like, this is a funny thing, but like we have a real estate holding company that we use to buy this property as a recommendation from our, our attorneys. And we used mm -hmm. a company that we called the money company because we just thought it was kind of clever. And we thought it yeah. was fun that, you know, like Elon Musk has the boring company. And I was like, well, I'm going to have a company called the money company. And then the the bank that I was giving us money is, is like going. the bank is like why did you call it the money company like is this money laundering yeah. do you guys are you guys a cash like a check like a check cashing company and it was yeah. like no it was just a funny name like we're a modern marketing agency like we're being creative and they're like yeah the underwriters didn't like that it's like holy crap yep. there's like so many things <laughs> you know so this um, is such a wonderful example because that is a that is a brilliant example of how the little things matter to the underwriters because you have to you got to keep in mind everyone listening you have to keep in mind all of the questions that you end up getting asked all the forms that you have to fill out all of it is to just really answer one single question if we give you money are you going to give it back <laughs> are you going to give it right that is really that's it fair. that's, that's fair really that is fair I... that's it and so there's some underwriter whose job it is to really determine as best they can the answer to that question. 
and they are looking at every potential thing that they can as red flags. And so that's why, because people always ask me, wow, does it really matter if I have my cell phone number instead of a business number? Or does it really matter if I have my residential address instead of like a, a dedicated business address? Or, oh, I put down a Gmail. Everyone has a Gmail. Why does that matter? You got to think about it. This underwriter's whole entire job relies on them having more loans that people paid back than didn't, than right? Didn't. Yeah, exactly. So if statistically the person with the Gmail account is less likely to pay the loan back than the person with your name at yourbusiness.com, guess what? Denied. <laughs> yeah. If you've, uh, if you've just opened your bank account uh, a couple of months ago, and statistically, the person with a brand new bank account is less likely to uh, pay the loan back than the person who's had their bank account for uh, two years, denied, or at least the conversation is going to get harder, right? Those tiny things matter. So when you said you named your company the money company, I can just imagine there's some underwriter who was there like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, you said they're a marketing exactly. company, but they're called the money company. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So they got me, man. example. Yeah, it, well, it just goes to show how like these, like like you said, like these micro, I don't know, moments of you and your yeah. business that are out there really make an impact. You know, people are like, mm-hmm. you know, how important is it to have a .com versus a .net? I mean, in the yeah. grand scheme, maybe it's not that important, but a .com surely seems a lot more credible than a .net, yeah. right? Like, it's yeah. that authority. It's the weight that comes with it. So mm-hmm. um, I think... I'm really glad you shared that with us because I think that there are a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, both want, both a lot of people listen to our show that are like in that idea stage, as well mm-hmm. as we have got people that are established business owners. I think that both of those audiences will find that what you offer is valuable, even if it's just that service, right? Like, but I'm sure that a lot of the other things that you do are are extremely valuable as well. But I mean, that topic is is hard for a lot of people, and I think building credit is really important for businesses. So it's cool yeah. that that's something that, that that's something that you do. So, um, oh, it's it's gonna get way more exciting soon. So, all right, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. You, oh, Bob, yeah. you and me are gonna stay in touch. Okay, like you're gonna let me know how I can get in on this selling money thing. Like I got the money company already. I might as well, might as well do that. Right, this. it's perfectly uh, named. It's perfect. I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah. When you work with a new client, especially a client that you're you're planning on doing you know business dev with and helping them kind of get stuff structured like where do you tend to start i mean obviously everybody starts with a consult like some type of consultancy yeah. but like what do you like to dive into first before you really like decide what the course of action or the blueprint is to to helping them be successful yeah so i want to know where they plan to be in 5 years that's the most important question to me because um, I look at it uh, in the same way that you would look at a GPS, right? The GPS works because you told it your long-term destination, and then its job was to map the best route to that destination. So thinking about things in the context of today can often be misleading for business owners because it makes you short-sighted. That's like saying that I want to drive from Atlanta to California, but I'm really just telling you about uh, this stop that I want to make in Alabama. That was never the destination. That was just a little bit further than than where I currently am, but that wasn't the destination. And so the decisions that we make, the roads that we end up taking to get to our long-term destination are often so dramatically different than what we would have done for a shorter-term destination. So first question, where are you planning to be in five years? What does the revenue look like? What does success even look like? How are you defining success, right? 
how are we supposed to know if we've done our jobs if we don't know what success even looks like for you? That avoids so much confusion later on. So we uh, we have that conversation first. The next thing is I like to find out what they've already done so that we're not repeating any mistakes that they've already tried and, and, and figured out that, hey, this doesn't work for us. Now, it's rare for us to have problems like that uh, because we ourselves are experienced and very rarely are we talking to someone who has just such a novel idea that it's uncharted territory. Most people are doing a business that uh, has been done already. So they're just simply maybe offering a new twist on it. Maybe they're offering an under, uh, um, they're working in an underdeveloped market. But for the most part, it's the same uh, procedure every time, right? For most businesses. So there are less pitfalls. Um, and then after that, it is really time for the prescription, right? So we heard about the symptoms of their current business. We heard about where they're trying to get to. Now it's time for us to figure out, all right, so what was the best course of action? Maybe your problem was that you needed more money. Fine, we'll put you through financing. Maybe your problem is that your website is trash and we've got to just throw the whole thing away and redo it. Maybe your problem is that you've got a gorgeous website, but no one knows about it. So maybe we uh, get into a whole marketing thing. Maybe your team isn't uh, isn't large enough because you're still wearing all the hats. Let's get you into staffing. So that And that's another reason that we offer all the pieces that we do. They're not random uh, pieces. It's because different business owners, they end up needing different things. Um, and we need to be able to have the ability to provide all of those solutions on the fly, even if it's all to one person. That's awesome, man. I mean, yeah. it's really just cool what, you, what you've created for yourself, despite the obstacles that you've had to overcome. Thank you. Um, just the fact that you're taking a, a really like, you know, not one size all fits approach. You're, you're focusing in on goal setting, which to me, that's so important. Honestly, like, I've always known how important goal setting is, but I've never really taken it and like applied it in a really tangible way up until the most like recent, like last two or three years where I had some like business advisors, um, you know, and mentors basically say like, dude, like if you're not writing these things down, they're not even really goals, you know? And it was like, oh crap. Like, yeah, it's like, I can have this hypothetical idea of like this thing that I want, this dream, this vision, but it's like, if I'm not holding myself accountable, if I'm not holding my team accountable, um, if we're not all working towards that, you know, um, team mission, then we're never going to get yeah. there. And so the yes. fact that that's where you start is so key because how can you make recommendations or suggestions for a business if you don't understand what the the trajectory is or where the course of, you know, like where you want to end up? Like you said, it's like a GPS. Yeah. Like you have no idea what what advice would you give to others who've who've either lost their jobs due to, to a disability or an illness or, or who have struggled with an obstacle, you know, in their life. And they, and they feel like it's holding them back from achieving the next thing they want in their life, whether it's personal or business, what kind of advice could you leave for that kind of person? Bluntly speaking, you got to meditate and get over it. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the honest answer because yeah. you can get very lost in your own problems and you realize that your problems are not as big as you think they are. And I don't, it doesn't matter if your particular issue is that the doctor said you're going to die in six months. The way I see it, you have six months to do whatever you want and whatever you can. If you just get over the fact that you only have six months, you can accomplish a lot 
in six months with the right uh, mindset. So meditate and get over whatever it is. It really doesn't even matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with like this incredible pain every day or you've got a terminal illness or you feel like you're disabled. Unless you've got true mental instability to where you're not able to process things mentally in a way that lets you get over it, then get over it, especially if it's anything physical. Just get over it because there's so many things that you can do with just your mind, right? You don't have to, even in my business, it's funny because now that the pandemic has happened, you know, there's this whole work from home culture and the whole Zoom culture and all that stuff. We were like that from the start. We have always been a remote company all the way back to 2016. Very rarely did I ever physically have to leave the house to go meet with someone just because I personally thought it was limiting, it meant that if I built my business that way, I could only deal with people in Georgia when I knew from the start I wanted to deal with people all over the U.S. and then eventually yeah. all over the world. So we were never a um, a face-to-face -face kind of company. So that just goes to show there is nothing really limiting you if you've got an internet connection and the willpower to do it. I'm sitting here in my chair. You could be completely disabled, right? You can... You can do so much. You can type with your voice if you if your hands don't work. You know, you don't have to leave your desk if your legs don't work. If you're in pain, like I am often, I take breaks. I go take a shower. Sometimes I, I do have to take some pain medicine, whatever it is. But it all fundamentally came to having the right mindset, uh, strengthened by meditation and just simply getting over it. Yeah, that's that David Here's Goggins really mentality. Yeah. That's that. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you I don't know if you ever heard of David Goggins, but that's that David have, Goggins yeah. mentality. You know, it's like yeah. so he's actually got the same disease. I don't know if you know that. Um and that. yeah, so I just think that it's really I think it's really fascinating folks like yourself because like I've had my own share of like obstacles, but none at the weight in which you've experienced, right? And so it's easy for me to be like, yeah, bro, like stay hard. That's so, you know, like get over it. <laughs> but it's like the reality yeah. is if tomorrow I found out that I had lost my eyesight, like I don't know that in the in the beginning I would be as strong willed as you. And and that's interesting because I've interviewed hundreds of people over the last three years that have, have never quit stories and overcome adversity that is far more than I'm sure I will ever have to experience in my life. Um, and I think that that's like another thing would be like, check yourself to, to other people around you and other, and e even other people beyond you, because mm, yeah. I'm sure someone has it worse. Right. And they've probably made more with that, you know, uh, that set of circumstances than, than other people have with everything going for them. So I, well, didn't I did not know how this conversation was going to go, Bob, because I was like, I just didn't know. I didn't know where I was going to go. I started off and I was like, I have yeah. no idea it was going to go. We'll see it's what been happens. Fun so yeah. far. But, but it's but it's been really good. I wanted to yeah. I wanted to ask you to leave us with a normally I'd ask a, somebody to leave us with a business hack. I'm going to ask you for a business hack and a mindset hack, because I think in your case, you have had to have both of those. All right, give it to me, Bob. What's your hack for me? <laughs> okay, so I'd say um, mindset hack is definitely, well, meditating cannot be underestimated because it is really your opportunity to decide for yourself how you're going to play this game. I often think about life as uh, being akin to a computer game. 
uh, one of those games where you're deciding where the player goes and the game is kind of writing itself according to your instructions of the game. That's really how I feel like life truly is. If I decide that the day is going to be bad, sure enough, the day is bad. bad. Not even because anything that wasn't going to happen just suddenly happens, but it's because my uh, view of whatever's happening is now negative. And so I end up having a negative day. You can do way more with a positive mindset than you can a negative one. And that is extremely important, especially when you're starting out in business, because what people don't tell you, everyone glorifies business and they all say like, oh, you know, being an entrepreneur, being your own boss is, you know, all this awesomeness. Everyone forgets to mention (laughs) the stress, the depression, uh, the, um, the stress it brings to your relationships with your family, you know. If you're obsessing over this business and and trying to make it work and how that can ruin your mental state, how you everyone's concerned about living paycheck to paycheck, but your boss might be the one living payroll to payroll. People sometimes forget to mention those darker details of it. And it's only a strong mindset that is going to get you through that. Otherwise, you're very likely to quit. Right. So meditation and just really strengthening your perspective and knowing why you're doing what you're doing and then sticking with it. That is the first bit of advice that uh, that I would give everyone. Um, as far as the best advice I would have given myself starting out, uh, definitely focus on fixing your personal credit from the very start. And I say that because it is often uh, so um, misleading when people say, oh, you can go and get business credit with an EIN and no one's going to ask you for your social and you're just going to be able to go buy cars and, and all this nope. stuff. They're leaving out so, so, so many details. And yeah. if you take control of your personal credit, and I mean uh, to the point that it is 680 or higher, anything less, you still have more work to do. So if you're taking control of your personal credit before you even start your business, if possible, but if you've already started, prioritize that now. And you'll discover that so many of the conversations that you have to have around financing and growing your business later get so much easier just because you're working with a stronger personal credit score. I know no one wants to do personal guarantees and all that stuff, but it is the reality. Until your business is, there's a long list of stuff, that, and I don't know if I, if we have time to get into the details of what it takes for a business to be able to qualify without a personal guarantee, but there's a lot. And so the average person, they have not done that long list of things. So take no. care of your personal credit. It makes your life so much easier when it's time for you to grow your business later. Um, and those are the only two things. Yeah. That's great advice. What yeah. What do you have coming up next? How can our listeners support you? I mean, just let us yeah. have it, bro, because this has been full of wisdom yeah. and you, you've got the floor, man. Promote whatever you got coming up. Yeah. So... Um, MyBusinessCredit.com, that is the big focus uh, for us right now. And the problem that I'm trying to solve, and I realized this as we were trying to help people get financing, 90% of them don't get the financing. And it's because there's one thing or another that they get denied for. And it would have been Mm. so much easier if there was a way to have told everyone (laughs) from the very beginning, hey, here's all the stuff that you need to do for your business in order to qualify for financing. And I know Mm. that that information exists out there. But normally it's behind a very big paywall, right? Yeah. It's normally behind a paywall that's usually $1,000 high. So there are, there are people all over the internet that will teach you what you need to do to fix your business credit. But that's only if you can pay. And generally speaking, if you're a new business owner and you're trying to get financing, you probably don't have $1,000 to go mm-hmm. put on that. Because even after you spend the money and you find the information, 
there's still three to six months of work you've got to do before you're really able to see any benefit from it. So mm -hmm. we're creating this extremely comprehensive course right now that really is covering everything from beginning to end for both personal and business um, credit building, and it's going to be free. So putting all that stuff on our website uh, for free to where anyone's able to go start the course and see very clearly in glorious fashion, because I love very good design. So it's all going to be very beautiful. Um, that shows everyone, hey, this is how you take care of your business from the very beginning. So that later when you want to have a conversation with us about getting financing, you actually can qualify. So that is, awesome, uh, man. Yeah, that is and, the next big project. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, your your blog there on the mybusinesscredit.com website is a well, you know, a lot of great knowledge there, a lot of great information there. Yeah. Do you all have plans to continue the podcast, the My Business Credit podcast? I, you know, I don't know what yep. y'all's future of that is, but I love that that idea as well. Yeah, so that was actually an experiment because yeah. so um, I know that people don't read. And so what I did right. for the blog <laughs> is uh, I basically would take all of the text and just run it through like a little um, text-to-speech program. Text-to-speech, yeah. Okay. And I was like, well, I've got the audio. I might as well publish it to Spotify since it only yeah. takes a second. And so that's how that happened. But people actually started, you know, checking it out. And I was like, oh, wow, maybe I'll have to really do something. Maybe like I do an actual right. podcast. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all of the content that's in the business credit building course will actually end up being on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Nice, man. Again, uh, for free. Because I want people to genuinely have the information because I didn't have mm -hmm. the information. And yeah. I mean, right. I was eating ramen noodles when I started out. I didn't have $1,000 yeah, exactly. to go spend on a course. You know, Same, and it would have helped so much if someone would have just told me, hey, here's some basics, you know, mm -hmm. no Gmail accounts. So simple. Hey, you yes. need a business phone number. So simple. So, yeah, that's uh, that would have helped a lot. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, Bob, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us yeah. today. I feel like we really could. I say this often, but we really could go for hours because there's yeah. so much here that we've not even unpacked. But uh, yeah, I look I'm forward to, to <laughs> having you, you back for sure. We'll find <laughs> we'll find more ways to bring a, a tremendous value to our listeners, and uh, yeah. I'm excited to just see what what you've got coming up, man. I I really do appreciate you being here. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Bye, Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com. Wonderful.